We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. You probably know the feeling. Sweaty, fast breathing, quick heart rate. That's a cortisol spike. It feels awful and its imbalance is the cause of your anxiety. Rebalance Health's three-part anxiety system helps address it at the root. Rebalance Health lozenges are natural and designed for optimal absorption, providing 24-hour relief. Live life fully without feeling like you're fighting for it. Get 50% off your first month with code CALM23 at rebalancehealth.com. All right, it is that time once again, Tuesday, 1 p.m., and that means awesomeo.com PGA DFS strategy show. Mexico Open, a new tournament. It's not teams. We're moving up in the world. Still not great, but we got a lot to break down. I'm Ben Raz. I'm joined as I always am by Eric Lindquist. We already talked about this over on the Odd Shopper channel this morning. I asked you then what your thoughts. I'm asking you now, what are your thoughts about the Mexico Open here? Uh, interesting field. I will yes. say that to, to lead it off. Uh, full despair. Again, I'm gonna, we're going to do these shows regardless of if there's nobody's playing in them. Sometimes that's even more fun because you have to go dumpster yeah. diving in such a prominent way, there aren't the layups. There aren't the obvious type plays that exist. The most obvious play is at the very, very top. And then figuring out what to do with the rest of your card is going to be fascinating. I think there's going to be a lot of points of leverage. There is not a whole lot of certainty. We have never seen this golf course before. I'm on Google Earth doing my normal thing, trying to see different tee shots and see kind of what you're facing, where water might exist. But uh, looks like a pretty golf course, but onto Viarta. Uh, Greg Norman, I'm, I'm sure they just love having a, a Greg Norman track wrapped wrapped up for for two years here in Mexico, considering everything going on with the live. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you mentioned something I think is really important. Sometimes these these fields that aren't great on the DFS side, these are some of the best weeks. We have ample opportunities to find guys that the public may not be on, that they don't know what's going on. They don't get a ton of starts. And we're going to absolutely talk about that. We are also, of course, going to talk about our friends at Yahoo who have been with us the entire year doing a fantastic job, and it is on the screen. Yahoo Fantasy, we are still offering one free month of Osmo Plus Platinum, which gets you all the sports, PGA, NBA, NHL, whatever we have is in there. When you sign up, deposit, and play over on Yahoo, you can claim right there at Yahoo. You go there. It's in the description. One free month of Osmo Plus Platinum with first-time deposit and paid contest entry. Great time, super soft pricing for PGA, a lot of guys at the Stone Min, and we will talk about them today. But I want to ask you about the Zurich. Can't lay one. That was good. If I mm-hmm. put out the one week I don't put out my stupid tweet, uh, I hit a winner, of course. <laughs> now, what did you think of it? The Chileans killed me on the DFS side. I, I really needed them. Any thoughts from the Zurich before we put that to bed? I had at one point five of sixes that had one, two, three, four, five over the course of, over the course of Saturday, which was like, Oh, okay. This is, can I win a tournament? Can I, can I do this? But then Chileans? Yes, that was very, very bad. I did not have the Higo piece. So when they shot a zillion under on Saturday, I I was never going to be in contention in that regard. Um, But we went one too. And that feels good to kind of know that at least, you know, in these alternate field events, we found some profit in, in terms of the sports betting, in terms of the model there. So uh, ended up being a, a really nice week in that department. I was with you where too much Chilean exposure. Uh, who else was the team that killed me? There's one, there, there was a team here and there that killed me kind of everywhere uh, for, the, for, for the whole, but had an all right five of six that ended up slipping through there. It, it was an okay week, but uh, definitely from a betting angle, having Sam Burns and, and Horschel finish second, felt like we were all over the board there. Yeah, it, it was a fine week. Like I said, I can't complain. You can't do anything about, uh, you know, the withdraw Xander one, too. That's true, but I won't acknowledge that. Uh, it's just it's just can't lay. I'm still mad about Xander at the Masters, but he certainly yeah. did. Uh, they were just the best. Muppet. Really, uh, yeah, I really uh, they, that's a team of, <sighs> team of Muppets. 
I can't take, I can't get those guys right. Can't I believe it's Muppai if it's plural, that's the right? Plural? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the what we need to know. These are the things that you need to know mm-hmm. for what we're about to tackle. And we're tackling a new course. That is always something that is a hot button topic in the industry. I think two of the big things that people rely on course history, recent forum. When one of those goes, the other one gets, I think, artificially skewed because people don't have a lot to go off of. So let's talk about what we're going to see here. A par 71, they had to revamp it a bit. When you look at it, is there something that stands out that you think we need to take notice of? I guess grass conditions, uh, past pollen here. You're kind of looking at that, that different kind of hybrid grass you see. Uh, we talked about that last time at the PGA Championship. We talk about it whenever you're seeing some of these coastal tracks. So different type of a, a surface that some guys might be more familiar with. But it plays, I think, just from my experience of playing in Mexico and having experience on past Palom, I think it's the closest to Bermuda. I think that's just kind of the, the way that it at least feels and reacts to me. So I think you're looking at certain guys that are going to look as though that's going to be the, the type of grass type you should be basing some of your, your numbers on. Um, but I, I didn't know if you had any kind of a feel for past Palom because I think predominantly we talked about it at Kiowa Island last time. Yeah, I, these are things that... Can you look at it? Absolutely. We're not really going to know how this course plays until we see it. Uh, I think for showdown purposes and whatnot, you can draw some conclusions after the first round, but I'm going to build as I do often with different scenarios in mind. Cause I, I don't think that we know what I look at in the surface. I think the main thing, and you've brought this up and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. This is not a crazy elevation. This is no. not like Chapultepec. So, so some of the factors that we think about, with some of the tournaments that have taken place in Mexico do not apply here. Yeah. And it can play long. It looks like, I mean, we're looking at 7450 at no elevation. It's at basically sea level. And that is going to create a massive amount of issues. It, it looks like, I mean, um, Chapultepec was over what 7,000 feet. I mean, it's like Mexico city is as high as you can possibly get in the Northern in, in North America uh, to be able to play a golf tournament. So uh, this is going to be drastically different. It's going to play long, I think, some days. And uh, it looks like driving, for the most part, is going to be something that I want to focus on. I, I think that that seems to be a predominant deal. But, you know, having irons, pl- iron players, guys that uh, with over 100 bunkers that are around this entire golf course, there's going to be spots where you're going to have some uncomfortable up and downs. And so, guys, you know, in that 10K range that uh, might otherwise just look ridiculously overpriced. I think there's still some some reason that I might land on a couple of those guys, and we'll talk about them later. Yeah, that, that's true. This is certainly not like you know Mexico City, Azteca for the soccer people out there. Oh yeah, um, you don't want to be messing around. No, with that type of elevation. That's yeah, you think Mile High Stadium and people playing in Denver is an issue? That's like another three thousand or two thousand feet higher, right? Yeah, it's bad. And then there's, if you want a life hack, Bolivian soccer, you should see where their national team plays. It's like double Mexico city. Uh, that'll get you in La Paz, but that's a different show. That's just a little life hack for the people. God, I love you. Uh, I think that what you want to do again, group by skill set. I think that driving distance could be an asset here. I don't think that that's impossible by any stretch. There's going to be a lot of bunkers. So if you want to look at things like sand saves around the green, I personally don't think it's going to play overly difficult. I think that this, there will be opportunities to score. There's a gettable par four. Uh, So I'm just going to build it pretty straight up in terms of difficulty. Anything else you want to talk about on the course itself? Yeah. I'm looking at that par four. It doesn't look like it's very difficult either. No. Um, Looks like a pretty straightforward golf hole with not a lot of issues. Normally you get these short par fours and it's like, well, okay, but you could also make a zillion there. Uh, then you get these par fours like number 17 at TBC uh, Scottsdale. Yeah, you could get in trouble going left there, but it doesn't even look like that is too prohibitive on this hole. We got a super chat number from seven. the one and only Jordan Klein, Lobster, A5 Wagyu Fund. I miss you, Jordan Klein. I have not seen you in quite a while. After the show, I will message you and say hi. But we appreciate that. We appreciate everyone tuning in, hitting that like Back button, supporting it. Jordan just- Klein. Back off. My there it man. is. You get off no. my man. Oh, okay. Well, here's the other thing. I see him all the time. You let mm. me know when you want to see him and fill in on an NBA show. And I will graciously give you that. And Look I'll go that. play golf. Fair enough. Yeah. Maybe I'll take you up on that. We'll oh, see. I'm here for it. Top tier. So we've got a situation 
we don't see this too often, but ironically, I feel like every time we do see it, it's with John Rom. Yep. John Rom is a massive favorite relative to favorites in golf. He is sub five to one. I've seen plus 350, plus 400 out there. He is, of course, the most expensive player by $900. It probably should be more. He's 11,300. I want to take him individually. I don't even want to group him. It starts with what do you do with John Rom, where he's an overwhelmingly obvious best player in this field. It's it's very I, I'm just taking a deep breath because I don't know this is gonna be something a lot of people talk about um over the course of the next two days. And I I understand it, but also I think it's just you live with the result of whatever you decide to do. You full fade it because you know there's gonna be neg- negative leverage there. You do that. He's got an optimal appearance rate in our top golfers tool of 35.5%. He's got ownership around 42%. That's called negative leverage. So you can fade him as a result of that. But as you go up in stakes, it feels like a guy that's still, I, I don't know. We've seen this a number of times where he's then missed a cut and there was just a massive amount of game theory that comes into it. And so I, I don't think he's a guy that I would be willing to in my single entry fade, but in large field stuff, I find it hard to believe that I'm not going to be underweight to 42%. I understand that a third of the time he's working out optimal. And that's a ridiculous number in golf. We don't ever really run into these type of situations. I wish he, I wish he was 13K and that you had to roster more uncomfortable players alongside of him. 11-3, if you decide to jam, I completely understand it. But I'm probably going to be taking the just a little bit under the ownership approach because I don't want him to dictate everything that happens to me this week. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday new on curiosity stream i'm james burke i'm going to take you on a journey through time james burke's visionary series returns reimagined for our time now this is all uncharted territory the washington post hails burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the western world the new york times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another where do we want to go from here experience all new connections so what's the next connection with monthly annual and bundled plans find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com i get it it's weird that i mean i guess you could say this to a lot of guys uh you know especially in the top end but if you told me that you wanted to lock button rom I certainly wouldn't push back. And if you told me you wanted to go underweight, I I wouldn't really push back either. And if you told me you want 35 ish percent and you don't want him to define your week, I get it. I think he's kind of a a free square, no matter what you're doing. Uh, For me, if I had to order what I would do, I would be closer to locking him than full fading him. Mm -hmm. And I think that having just a, a normal amount is probably the move. The thing about this that I've seen, maybe I'm wrong. It seems like DraftKings doesn't price people where they should it relative. Like if John Rahm was playing in a tournament with just you and me, he would still be 12,000. Like there's mm-hmm. just nowhere for them to go. And I think that gives you like normally Tony Finau is what a couple thousand dollars cheaper than a guy yeah. like John Rahm. I, I think what's difficult is that it's not just that John Rahm's 11, three, but it's that the access to other players in the builds, like the eight and nine K range, like as a result, they just they don't really take into account the other golfers that you can pair John Rom with. Now, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's a weird way of putting it, but I, I think it makes sense, doesn't it? Like where John Rom, yeah, you could put him up to 13K, but if you had enough cheapies in the 7K range, it, I, I guess it wouldn't matter. People would still find a route to to get up and play him quite a bit. Um, but because of the nature of this golf tournament, it's not just that John Rom is by far the favorite here. It's that your next highest price player is Tony Finau. And we understand the kind of conflict you run into rostering Tony Finau. Now he's played better of late, but he's still not even close to like Tony Finau type play uh, that we've seen in recent years. So the rest of the board becomes wide open. As a result, it's it's just, if, if this were a stronger field, I think 11-3 John Rom, we wouldn't be having this kind of a debate. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. And it's not to say that like Tony Finau can't play well. And I actually kind of like Tony Finau 
mm-hmm. some of the markets, it's just John Rahm is so far and away the best player. You're you're really going to game theory aspects of this. So I get it. Tony Finau has shown a little bit. He's made three or four cuts. He was fine at Augusta. So I get it. You've got him and Sir Kevin Na and Patrick Reed. Do you see yourself pairing any of them with Rom? Do you see yourself going to one specifically in that range? Like, how do you go about the next batch of players? It's it's hard because there's there's just such a drop off, a sub seven k, and I I get it. We're gonna we're gonna be rostering the likes of a Ben Martin or a Peter Malnati. We're gonna have these guys up for sixes that we're gonna be able to land on, and I think you can pretty comfortably play rum with like a, a another 10 K guy and then go down to that range. But it's going to be such high volatility there. I think by far the most popular guy you're going to run into is going to be chase Seifert low seven K's. And yeah. so like you're, you're looking at a pretty identical roster construction with some of those guys, but because Kevin Na is under 10%, I, I think in tournaments, there's still some viability to maybe go rum him. And then the bottom end guys, I feel like playing Finau or answer because of how popular I expect them to be both currently over 15% answer. I just get that feeling that in Mexico, he gets steamed up every single time and 10, three, I don't know what all of those lineups are going to look like, but you're going to be rostering some uncomfortable guys. So like I, I haven't built too many teams here in the early going, but uh, just seeing that you have 7,200 uh, just around that number playing ramen Reed in that kind of a capacity, you could probably still fill out a decent enough squad, but Nothing, anything that's uh, going to be world beating. Uh, it's just going to be a, a large field GPP type play. Yeah. And again, that can be very effective. Somebody's going to play well from up here. And, and if it's not Rom, it's it's absolutely wide open. Answer is a difficult one for me. He hasn't played well all year. Honestly, it, it's been quietly underwhelming. And I, I am a little concerned about that. I think if I had to order him, it would be Finau. I guess Kevin now would be second. I, I don't know what to make with Patrick Reed. Talk to me about him. He's off the tee game is broken. He's literally playing without an off the tee game. He has lost in nine of 10 uh, strokes gained off the tee. He's lost tee to green in eight straight events. It's just all short game with him. And it's hard to compete like that. If you're a tinkerer, if you're somebody who likes to tinker with your golf clubs and you want to play what you want to play, do not sign with a golf club company. Period. End of story. Uh, If your priority is to make a lot of money, and I know PXG gave him a lot of money, go ahead and take the money, but understand that your golf game might suffer. And, you know, he had been back and forth with a ping driver, a Titleist driver. Now he ends up landing on a club equipment deal with, with PXG. It's been just dramatically bad for him. And any recreational golfer, think about it. Like from our perspective, I can play whatever I want. I'm not attached to anybody. If you attach to yourself yourself to somebody, when you had been playing like four or five different brands of golf clubs, he had an iron company that was specifically making irons for him and doing stuff like that. You know, you can make the joke, well, oh, well, I could play with anything. You know, I'm Patrick Reed, but that's not true. There's so many looks and feels and things specific to each player. I think it was a huge mistake for him to sign with the clip, club equipment company. And that's not like saying PXG is a bad spot to fall into. Like, PXG, I think there's a number of guys that have had successful runs, uh, Kokrak, Horschel, guys of that nature. So that's a long-winded conversation for another day, but it's just something that I just strongly feel that when there's a look and a feel that you want out of your golf clubs and you abandon it for something that just makes you broken, and that's what that's what Patrick Reed is right now with the driver. The only golf tournament that he's gained anything with off the tee is at the Honda, and the Honda, you gain one stroke uh, off the tee, and it's water everywhere. So congratulations on his one good week. His irons were broken there and obviously was hitting some water balls to miss the cut. But like everything has been a problem for him here. He goes back to Augusta and if, I would expect him to make the cut more times than not at that golf course. He just always plays well there. The players, there was a ridiculous amount of putter hotness that existed there. Nine strokes gained putting just to finish 26th. I mean, that's the kind of outlier stuff he's got to do. He's laid off at the top. He's got issues with the driver. There's so many things. You can watch it on a screen. And Nick Valdo, he, he shout out to Nick Valdo for basically letting me hit eject on Patrick Reed like a year early because of the way that he broke down his swing at Riviera last year and then into the summer. I believe it was a, um, I believe it was a Quail Hollow where he just eviscerated Patrick Reed's swing and said, what are you doing, dude? And it has not been good since then. Well, that was uh, a lot. I'm sorry. A, a simple no would have sufficed, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I think you summed it up 
perfectly. That is why I'm, I didn't know a lot of that, but the numbers don't lie. Patrick Reed is playing basically, uh, you know, behind the eight ball after every hole because he's in the woods. So I'm going to have sorry to just go on an absolute tangent 20 minutes into the show, but that's it needed to be done. You're here. The 9K range is much more prolific in the sense we have a lot more options. There's about 10-plus guys there, starting off with Gary Woodland. You've got Munoz, Tringale, kind of interested. Chris Kirk, Aaron Wise, okay. Uh, Cameron Champ, Brendan Todd, Knox, Stroman, and Matt Jones. You immediately see what we're dealing with. These are mid-7K golfers in strong tournaments. They are 6K golfers. They are the 9K. You could start lineups with a guy like Aaron Wise this week. That is a scary proposition. Yeah, it's a freaky range. I love how you land on Aaron Wise. Okay, yeah, sounds great. Well, he's like, going to be doing here. Oh my, I can't believe he's in the mid nines. He's going to be the most popular player in the nines. I mean, I always play him. So, are you still going to play him in mid nines? Probably. Uh, See, there you go. So then, what are we getting at here? Come on now, because he. You can't- the ball striking numbers are phenomenal. The putting numbers yeah. are atrocious. He likes You're never going to be good. Just We have to get over that. Like he can out ball strike a week in a weak field. And I think it's all right playing some of him. I, I know he's going to be very, very popular. Quack, quack. But I don't really care. Have to have a little bit there. The guy that I, I kind of land on, I never play this guy. But Cameron Tringali, it's just like a, it's a hodgepodge here in this 9K range. I can't remember the last time that I rostered him, but if I'm going to get him at lower roster ship than Aaron Wise, the one guy who has been priced up in the 9K range or 8K range in tournaments similar to this uh, of late in the last like two years of sample size is Tringali. And if I'm going to get him at a steep ownership decrease from, from Wise and Kirk, why not land on some, some Tringali? So for me, it's, it's generally that people roster him more than they should. And that's why I don't like roster Tringali ever. This might be the first week ever that I kind of dip my toes in that pool. Uh, it's funny that I, I'm I'm absolutely with you. Cameron Tringali is a guy that I, I always feel perpetually under owned on. I never really get there. He's kind of somewhat to me always overpriced, but I, I'm very interested. He's gained on the approach in five straight. The price is okay relative to the field. His big knock is that he never wins. I don't really care about that. I think that that's somewhat arbitrary. I think he has ample opportunities to win just like, most of the guys in this range, and it's just very hard to win golf tournaments. His off the tee issues, he had serious problems. He had lost in six of seven. Now he's gained in two straight. If he could just hold it steady off the tee, I like his game. I don't mind starting with him at all. I don't have a feel on Woodland. Do you have a feel on Woodland? Uh, I feel as though he goes under owned relative to his skill set. And we've seen some really good results of him for the last what month and a half. It's it's hot and cold. I mean, fifth, fifth. Uh, Honda, Arnold Palmer, eighth Valero, but then in between all of that miscut at the Masters where he played atrocious, and I watched him hit some tee shots out there. Wasn't great, Bob. And then uh, the players was just, uh, it was problematic. Everybody was playing him at the players coming off of those last two weeks. The nice thing about him is that he's got that two iron stinger, and I know that this is not something data-centric where I'm looking at strokes gain off the tee. I at least just know that when things go south for him, he at least has that default of the stinger two iron and it goes forever. And he at least has that shot where if it can play more difficult off the tee, he can just get himself in play. And the irons have been just such a strong point for him this entire fall or sorry, this entire spring that we're looking at 6.1 strokes gain approach 4.5 at the Valero and Valspar. We're seeing 3.9, 2.1 at the Arnold Palmer, Arnold Palmer and the Honda. He's just playing at such an elite level with his irons that it's taking some of the pressure off of his putter to some of the pressure off his around the green game. So I think he'll still kind of need to put it all together to end up winning, but you don't need him to win in this range. I think he's very live for a good result. And uh, at 18%, it seems a little steep, but he's just a long-term form better player than everybody else on the board outside of Rom and Mamie Finau. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday new on curiosity stream i'm james burke 
I'm going to take you on a journey through time. James Burke's visionary series returns. Reimagined for our time. Now, this is all uncharted territory. The Washington Post hails Burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the Western world. The New York Times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another. Where do we want to go from here? Experience all new connections. So what's the next connection? With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. Yeah, long-term form is not even an argument there. I think the price is fine. I'm not opposed to it. I think I'm going to lean as I always do our leverage tool, our ownership projections, little things to kind of conceptually, you know, heighten where he's going to fall. If he's very unpopular, I'll probably get over. If he's for some reason chalk, he won't be. Uh, I would have trouble getting over in that sense. I want to talk about the lower nines before we move into the eights. You have wildly different skill sets, basically the most drastic that you could have. You have Cameron Champ and Brendan Todd right next to each other. What do you do when you see that? Do you, do you build to like driver heavy teams with Champ? and putter heavy teams with a guy like Brendan Todd. How do you go about looking at that at a course that we truly haven't seen? If I had to play one of them, I'm going to play Cameron champ. Uh, but I bet champ. You did bet champ. Okay. This, this seems like a spot where it's like, Oh, of course, Cameron champ shot 24 under like that just feels like on Thursday stupid... on Thursday. <laughs> wow. Not, not that you're asking for much there, but uh, I got to say, this is kind of the spot that if you're looking at the top golfers tool, this is something that I've just really started putting into my process where there's a massive amount of leverage. Our boy, Russell Knox down there, 9,200. He's my priority. He's my favorite guy who has the best optimal percentage. And I think I've just played him a lot more than the field in general over the course of the last couple of years. But Cameron Champ, there's massive leverage there. Brendan Todd, there's massive leverage there in terms of their top six percentage. There's leverage to be had. They're very, we, we know exactly what those skill sets are. So I like the idea of, again, you put Cameron Champ with some of those other strong off the tee guys. I think Cameron Champ makes a great pairing with a John Rahm, makes a great pairing with some of those 8K guys, a, a Davis Riley, a Charles Howell III. I think guys like that are going to pair nicely if that's how this golf course ends up playing. And Brendan Todd, he might be the guy that I pair more with Kevin Na type lineup. So I will be hand building more lineups for this type of a golf tournament, especially because, you know, I, I think using, my, using the optimizer for this, I mean, you could definitely get a great assortment and, and find there, but. I am probably going to be focusing a lot on three max stuff this week and, and single entry stuff. And I find it hard to believe that I won't land on either Cameron champ or Brendan Todd in at least one of those three. Yeah. Again, I think that champ, when you roster him, it's frustrating because he has a lot of missed cuts relative to his price, no matter where he is. But the guy has proven that when he, when he gets the putter going, watch out uh, and his driving will travel. We'll have to check the elements. A friend of the show, Stewie was just asking about the wind. It could be windy. It definitely is a thing. If that's the case, a guy like Matt Jones, uh, who really has shown that he, he doesn't mind the wind and in some circumstances thrives in the wind. I don't mind that, but I want to wait and see. I'm not prepared. We haven't seen the tee times just yet to see who could take the brunt of that. And also, don't forget PGA weather splits. We now have them available on the yes. site, so you're able to see them directly. I've yes. just kind of taken a lot of my guesswork out of it. I trust Alex Baker because who better than the person who's putting the most money in every single week into <laughs> DFS contests? Uh, who better to trust than the guy putting the data in directly? So I've just kind of quit worrying about weather in a lot of regards. Now, of course, I want to kind of see and double check stuff for myself to a certain extent. But God, any of the like guesswork of, ooh, who could be drawing into certain spots? Might as well just trust Alex Baker and move on from there. No, it, it, weather is always a hot topic and something we need to we need to think about. And now we've got tools to do that. Tokyo Swan, it's a resort course. It's going to get murdered. I agree. I think this is going to be pretty easy. Uh, I'm not overly worried about like a torture chamber situation. Mid to upper eights, Doug Gim, Thigala, Rye, Ortiz, Davis Riley. A lot of guys who played in the Zurich. CH3 you've mentioned. Taylor Moore you almost mentioned on the video this morning. CT Pan and Hubbard. Again, not guys we normally see in the eights, but we have to just change our focus this week and, and accept that guys are going to feel overpriced. Yeah, I mean, we were going back and forth debating on who we wanted to talk about uh, in terms of value on the betting board. And, uh, you know, do, first of all, shop your odds. My God, uh, there's some large disparities between books this week, uh, like BetMGM, 28 to one. You're looking at there. He's 20 to one on DK. You're looking at drastically different stuff there. And it can work in the inverse where, you know, there's some worse odds over there. Yeah. So just be on, be on the lookout in that kind of a regard. But uh, I look at a guy like Taylor Moore, miscut, miscut, miscut. But relative to field strength, that was the Valero Valspar. That's not very enticing, but the players championship, I wouldn't expect many made cuts there uh, for a first timer in that regard. 
we saw a really hot beginning to the spring for him relative to his ability. Uh, 16th at Pebble Beach, 21st Genesis. This is the kind of guy, though, that um, I think is is primed to have some of that Corn Ferry tour. I mean, this is the closest thing you're going to run into to a Corn Ferry tour with like a couple of guys. Uh, this isn't obviously an off field week, uh, you know, where it's like the Might British is going be. on. But it might as well be is what I'm getting at. It's the closest thing we're going to have to that for a routine week on the PGA Tour. So I think he just is a skill set that I still want to believe in. I still think that he's a guy that you can pair in those off the T-type teams uh, if you're going to be emphasizing that. Again, 74.50 at sea level is no joke. It's like me going out and playing Riv here in L.A. It's just playing way longer than what it says on the cards. So I'm just telling you, it, it feels like a guy I'm going to land on. But we all we already know. Thigla. Rye, those are my two boys. It's impossible not to play them on a week like this. Yeah, Rye was very impressive. Him and Lipsky last week. Uh, talent, a lot of experience in Europe, play in better fields than this. There's no doubt. Is this something where, I know this is a macro question, but I like to get into these things, where you're more apt to take some of these guys that are up in, like the Davis Rileys, Taylor Moores, guys that, you know, this is more what they've competed against week in and week out rather than taking a step up, you know, Cameron Young comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were really worried about him, but when you step back, it was the players and the masters. That's yeah. just different. And then he looked really good after that once again. Yeah. It's, it's just you know, relative to the field strength. I mean, this is more of a corn fairy type situation for some of them. And obviously it's, it's so weird to say incentive where, Oh, they have so much to play for because, you know, think of all everything that you get from winning a PGA event. You have two years, uh, that you basically get, hey, you, uh, you have a place to play day in, day out. You have priority status. You uh, get to get into the PGA Championship in a month. You get to play uh, anywhere you want, basically, in the world for two years. It, it's a gigantic thing for anybody to go out here and win. But I, I don't know. For me, it's looking at some of the, the talented guys who have won at that type of a level. I want to see some winners. Like I want to see some guys who have been able to put it together, not just got in the mix and, and snuck in you know, getting, I guess it's not even top 25 anymore, but uh, in the playoffs, they end up kind of finding their way in through three or four decent enough finishes. You want to kind of find some upside there. And I, I feel like that's where I land on a guy like Davis Riley a little bit more. Yeah. Again, again, large fields, no problem with him. I'm going to give a quick shout out to CT Pan. I think he's going to be a very low owned target. He's made five or six cuts, can handle a course like this. He's got the right formula. He's been a winner at Heritage. He was third at Honda sixth at RSM, mm-hmm. 11th at OHL. These are the type of courses that I think he's shown he can thrive at. His putter is the catalyst. He's lost in four or five. He spikes putting, though. When he does, he tends to play very well. I'm okay with him. I think he's actually a very sneaky target. I looked at Lanto. I prefer CT Pan, though. Yeah, I, I like CT Pan this week. I, I definitely okay. think you just – the putter's the only real weakness that we've seen in the last 50 rounds. So I think that that's an all right spot to land. What do you think about your boy Lahiri? I don't want to even like talk oh, to God. him without, without getting your input. 13th at Valero, second at the players. I mean, we were all cheering for him. Nobody rostered him, God forbid, but uh, second at Literally the players. Literally no one. Gigantic W there uh, my, without winning, of course, but I mean, uh, over a million for second, never hurt anybody. What are you doing with him this week? So I don't, I don't have a strong take. I think that he's priced appropriately. It seems like the game is trending upward a little bit. He's gained five straight off the tee. Everything else is hit and miss. Uh, so I, I plan to have some exposure, and if I land there, that's fine. But at the same time, we've seen Lahiri find it for six, eight, ten rounds, and then five, six, seven events miss cuts, and I, I worry about that a little. Because at Heritage, he made the cut, but that's about all he did. He, he was 66, and he really didn't look good with the irons, which is what he did so well at the players. Okay. Well, wanted to get your opinion there. The guy. I mean, that, do, you, do you like him, or are you just kind of indifferent? I, I'm not indifferent. I just think that he's a guy that's shown a propensity in much stronger fields, a.k.a. the players, to, to really go nuts. And eventually what happens with a guy like this is that they just decide to turn it on on one of these fields and then it's murder. But mm-hmm. um, he doesn't feel like that kind of a guy to me. He doesn't feel like that. Uh, like I, I, it's just basically knowing that that's kind of the trend for somebody like this. They have such good form in some tournaments in the early going. And then you get in one of these fields and they're like, Oh yeah, I can win here. And then it happens. So I'm trying to talk myself into more of him. 
I don't think he's going to be all that popular. I don't think it's going to be that difficult if you want to just say, I want to get to a little bit of him. You know, seven, oh, I guess he's 7,900. I apologize to dip into that range already. I thought he was 8K, but um, 7,900, sub 10%, feels like a pretty good target uh, for large field stuff. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I don't think there's any major red flags. The guy like here, you know, your opportunity cost is Mark Hubbard. Adam Long, Austin Smotherman types. Can Lahiri stack up against them? I think absolutely. Chad Ramey is a name that, you know, he's he's been a little all over the map. He was fifth at Puerto Rico, first at Corrales. So this guy's taking advantage of these type of fields. Pass Palum. Pass Palum, Coastal. I don't know exactly where the game is at. He stepped up a little at Valero and RBC. He made the cut, but that's about all he did. I think I put him on the level with Lahiri. If you're going balanced, you might pepper a couple of these guys in the same lineup. I have CT Pan over both of them, though. Yeah, I, I agree. I think CT Pan's the better target. 8,100. I kind of like the way that he's going to fit into some of these lineups. I'm, I'm hand-building some as we're going along just to, to kind of mm-hmm. have as an exercise to, to just really lock in. Because I crunched my lineups and I have my exposures for 150, but it's just a completely different thing as you're like building out certain specific teams. And um, I, I am going to just say this to, to revisit the 10 K range. I find it very unlikely. I'm going to play two 10 K golfers together this week. That's good. I always like to ask you that because when you do that, it, it forms a dead zone in the nines usually. And then you're going to be probably spraying in the sevens or maybe two and two, six, seven and eight, something like that. Mm-hmm. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. I'm with you. I, I think that once you get beyond ROM, it's all the same to some extent. Like I, I think there's interchangeable parts in the nines and the 10K range. I want to talk about the mid sevens though, as we work down Pat mm-hmm. Perez, JT Poston, Wyndham Clark. That's a name that I'm interested in. David Lipsky, who was Aaron Rye's partner last week. This to me is a pretty good range. And some of these guys actually feel underpriced. Yeah, there's a couple of them. I, I don't know what to make of this. And this is, this is now kind of going to my NBA MLB type brain here. Been looking at a lot of like uh, when you, when you see expected batting average as opposed to batting average, and you're really trying to just isolate power uh, for guys that can just hit moon shots and uh, that are just going to go completely uh, unowned. What do you think about Patrick Rogers? Because everything I look at from the data side, I mean, he is so solid across the entire board over the course of his last 50 rounds. Uh, in strokes gain total, 17th, 41st off the tee. That's fine. Uh, 15th in terms of strokes gain uh, total, 20, or in, uh, in ball striking, 27th around the green, 28th with the putter. These are pretty good numbers relative to this field, but that's resulted in absolutely nothing. It's resulted in five missed cuts uh, with, with, in his last eight events with a 58th, a 38th, and a 64th. This might be the kind of a field where if he's, actually playing as well as what the data says and the results just haven't shown up. Maybe it's just a result of like one or two blow up holes here or there, or things that are just getting him in trouble that result in these bad finishes, but 7,600, he's going to go relatively unowned. I feel pretty good that that's a, a decent target in this type of a field under 5%. Yeah. I, I, he's done absolutely nothing, but a lot of the things that you look at, are alleviated with this potential setup. Like his off the tee game has been weak. That's been the big problem. First of all, long-term, that's not a problem for him. Second of all, this is not going to test you off the tee in serious ways. His short game is still strong. And Patrick Rogers, even though he has a ton of bad data in the sense that it's bad results, he, when he gets it right, the guy cashes top 10 tickets all the time. It's not like he's not that type of player that can pop. So I get it. I 
think that Pat Perez and Wyndham Clark are much more likely to beat him over a larger sample size. But when Patrick Rogers beats them, he probably grabs more placement points than that, those guys do. I, I talked about Wyndham Clark in the betting market. He's plus 140 for a top 40. I really just don't get that number. Uh, to me, that's one of the better bets in the market. And if you are looking for bets like that, premium Discord. Hop in our Discord. Sign up for that package. I am in there. Steve Buzzer, Alex Baker, great community. It's just a good time. Get on in there and you can bet Wyndham Clark with me. That's uh, worth the price of admission in itself. Talk to me about Poston. You're a Poston truther. Do you think he can just lean on the short game and get it done in that way? Is there something else that clicks? Do you like the course? He's a Wyndham guy. You know, what do you see here? No, I'm a Poston guy, except for when I don't roster him at the RBC Heritage and he just goes in fuego with 4.2 strokes gain off the tee, 0.9 strokes gain approach, two strokes gain with the putter, three around the green, all the way across the board, had exceptional numbers at the RBC Heritage. But some might look at that and say, oh, well, that's an outlier. Au contraire, my friend. He's gained positively nine of the last 10 weeks off the tee. The only time he didn't was at Valspar, lost a shot and a half there, but otherwise has been exceptional in that department. He is the prime player in the 7Ks to pair with some of your ball striker heavy guys, um, your specific off the tee strength type guys. The Irons have been weak uh, at certain times, lost seven and a half with strokes gain approach at the players, but with water, that can be very, very accentuated. So I'm not reading too much into that. Been pretty flat in that regard. But if we're going to see a flip of the putter, we've seen him really flip the putter in years past where at the Barbasol finished with seven strokes game putting in that playoff that he had against our boy Seamus Power. We had the U.S. Open game four there, 6.4 at the Valspar uh, last season. I mean, we're looking at some massive putting allotments. He can really turn it on and get it going. He's one on tour. He's a decent enough target here in the mid 7K range for any type of builds, but specifically your driver heavy ones. Some guys in the lower sevens that some of the tools have identified. And again, the ownership will update the projections, anything like that. Adam Svensson is kind of interesting. You've got a guy like Kevin Chappell taking a little price bump. You've got Grayson Sig, Brandon Wu is here. You mentioned Chase Seifert. Uh, I, like a lot of people, am, am pretty high on him this week. If you're looking for maybe that last man in in a balance build or your fourth or fifth man in, where are you drawn in that sevens? These guys are probably $20, most of them on Yahoo, looking at their pricing. Uh, you know, these there's some cheapies out there across the markets. Yeah, I'm going to play some pretty ridiculous amounts of Adam Svensson, I think, low sevens. I, I think that that's kind of a, a target uh, a spot that I'm just kind of landing on a lot. I think you're going to be rostering a lot of guys from this range in, in large field stuff. I think there's positive leverage to add going to, do I dare say a Grio? Brandon Wu. I mean, no. these are the kind of guys that you can definitely land on. Yes. Yes. This is, this would be the prime Emiliano Grillo comes out of nowhere and wins a golf tournament. Er, Emiliano Grillo, if he came out of nowhere would potentially make the cut. He's done, man. I love Grillo, but I just, I don't see it. Okay. I would rather play anybody. Okay. That's fair. Well, Except I'm going to play Michael Adam Svensson. That's my yes. guy. Oh, I, I like RBC heritage. Uh, ninth at the Honda, seventh at the Sony Open at the beginning of this season. So we have some top 10 potential, two top 10s now in the early going of this year. And I feel pretty good about his long-term prospects. Uh, yay, Canada. Let's go. He's, he looks rock solid. We Him and Hadwin, we saw it at RBC as well. <sighs> Talk to me about Brandon Wu. It's a guy that, again, it's a little difficult because we don't have a ton of data. He's gotten some starts here and there. He was third at Puerto Rico, 28th at Corrales. It seems like he's taking advantage of the alternate field events. And, and I'm going to approach this like this is one of those. Mm -hmm. Is that a guy that you can buy on a lot of talent? He just hasn't really put it together just yet. Woo, woo, woo. Kenny, woo. What DC is that? Mighty Ducks shout out. You don't oh, know? Yeah, that's Mighty Ducks <sighs> 2, isn't it? It is Mighty Ducks 2. It truly yeah, what do you think? is. I don't know what's second. going on. I woke up and the pain was gone. Sorry, Mr. Banks. No roster spot. Do you have a <laughs> roster spot for Brandon Wu, though? I think I do 7,300. I'm going to land okay. there. I, I think that it's just fine to, to play some Brandon Wu this week. 
you kind of alluded to it. Pretty good form here. Puerto Rico third. We don't have all the strokes game data. That final round, I watched a lot of it because it was just intriguing to watch people play golf in a hurricane. Felt like I was back home in South Dakota there and in, in Puerto Rico, but nice third uh, ended up. He, he was playing fantastic and kind of everybody's wheels came off there towards the end of that round. But Valspar Corrales, 33rd and 28th. Seems like he's had every golf tournament has been like one of these random type alternate field events kind of for him the last two of his last three events. So Brandon Wu, why not him in the low sevens? That's that's kind of what it comes down to is like you you kind of made the case. He's thriving in some of these alternate field events and some of these like weaker field events. Why not Brandon Wu? Yeah, I think that these are the type of guys that have to be considered. It's hard to, to build like this because four or five guys on your teams are going to be these type of players, but that's just the nature of it. Again, we've mentioned Seaford. Is there anyone at the actual flat sevens before we dive to the cheapies? You've got Shreb, Hardy, Johnny Hook, Putnam, Matt Wallace, Peter Uline types. I don't see a lot there personally. Uline can always be a shot. I, I, I feel like I would really not like myself if Peter Uline came out of nowhere and he's made four straight cuts. That's a positive. I don't think he's likely to burn you here. I, I think he's likely to make a cut. I don't know what he does with that, but I would just really not like myself if he played well and I didn't have some shares. So it's more of a FOMO type thing. That's okay. not great analysis. I apologize, but you know, it's like, <laughs> shit, I mean, I, I've, I've rostered this guy in better fields than this at 61, hundred. So why not him at seven K? I, I do think there's an element, though, with some macro buys with a guy like Peter Uline because he's, he can putt really well. His short game is solid. This is a field strength that will suit him, and you're not paying a huge opportunity cost. I will continue to short Matt Wallace in the betting markets. If you find the head-to-head against Matt Wallace, take it, unless it's Grio. But if it's not Grio, everyone around him, uh, Matt Wallace is as broken as I've seen right now, an extremely talented player. He's missed six straight cuts. I have no interest once again on him. Anything else in the sevens, or do you want to start the dumpster dive? Oh, we got to play Kevin Chapel. We got to play Alex Smalley. We're playing both of those guys. Kevin Chapel is better than he's underpriced. You said there's a lot of underpriced guys here. I feel like Kevin Chapel has to be just in terms of what he's been overall for his career arc better than everybody else here. 15th and 18th his last two events. I feel pretty confident that he's going overlooked in this field if he's going to be truly 3%. Yeah, at those type of ownership levels, I think that it's something we definitely have to look to. We never know, you know, coming back from injury is always tough. You wonder where he's at, and it's not Chapel with Drew, we just got that from Scott. Stewie Stewart, I appreciate you. How do you how um, do you always know all the things he did? Um, he did withdraw. Points. I see it on DK. It's not on. It's not on uh, Cruncher. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, yeah, I see. I don't, so see don't it roster anymore. him is the way I put it. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, I was looking at the wrong thing. Nick Hardy also has got the out tag. Some of these things are updating. That is why tomorrow night you're going to watch mm-hmm. live before lock friends. And you're going to make sure that I don't say anything crazy about people who aren't even playing. That's always a good start. Now we get into the sixes. If you play Rom and, and another expensive guy, you're you're gonna have to look here. And I think you can because there's still plenty of players that have experience here, and they're not much worse than what we just talked about. Bermuda Benny, Peter Malnati, Shank, Justin Lower, uh, James Hahn. What, what are we what are we doing here in the upper sixes? 
So one of my favorite guys on planet Earth is Kirita Chafibanra. And part of it started because when they announced his name, the old guy who announced the Open Championship, now yes. on the team from Thailand, Kirita Chafibanra. It was just like the greatest reading of a yeah, name I like ever. That guy. It's Per Ulrich Johansson. He had like certain names that were just crystal clear, amazing, that you could just play on loop. And it was kind of like, he would be the perfect guy to have for the call map. Like, I feel like I would be in a really good place if I had him there. But anyway, that's my way of saying that I like Kiradech Avivonra in this kind of an event. Uh, we've seen some international prowess from the, the rat. I love this guy. 44th Corrales, 39th Valspar, 28th Puerto Rico. Three, three made cuts in these type of fields. I think in the upper sixes, he's a guy that I'm probably going to click on a couple times. Yeah, you're never going to hear his name called at the Open. So if you, if you want to <laughs> take advantage, now would be the time. It's been a rough go, but... Again, I know I keep highlighting this. I think it's very important. He had done absolutely nothing. He started to play some of these alt-field events, 28th at Puerto Rico, played at Valspar, made the cut, then he was 44th at, at Corrales. Not ideal, but he's sub-7K. You, you're going to probably sign for some of those pending. You get some streaks and bonuses. So I, I look at this, and I'm okay with Barnrat. I'm okay with Bermuda, Benny, Ben Martin. It starts to get pretty thin pretty fast. Like some of these guys had teammates last week, and you know, Justin Lower was in that field, Lebiota was in that field, Callum Taron was in that field. Uh, I'm not sure I can go to these guys. Is there someone in the mid sixes that you could go to? Well, I, there's guys I'm going to roster, but this is where I was getting at with I find it unlikely I'm going to play two guys in the 10K range in any hand builds, maybe a share or two in 150 might land on some doubles up top, but it's just Hank Labiota. We've at least seen some upside. He's team putter. We know that we know that he's got the ability to get hot in that regard, but even that has been broken over the last five, six weeks. So hard for me to go kind of crazy. Cause if that is gone, pretty much his entire golf game's gone. He's had some spiked iron weeks, but nothing spectacular. He just feels like a guy that we've seen some upside from. Same thing that can kind of be said about Ches Ravi. Uh, Ched, Ches Ravi in these kind of events has been pretty solid and, and has a 10th of Genesis on the resume for this season. At least there's something to draw out of there. Somebody's going to play well sub-7K. Like, there's no way that they're not. Luke Donald has even started to show a little bit of, of actual ability. 16th at the Valspar, three straight made cuts here. Again, that's the kind of guy that in this kind of a, a format, a, a 16th, could turn into a seventh or an eighth really quickly if that same form arises. So I'm okay rostering a little bit. There is no priority that I have sub seven K. I think you have to ask yourself, what are you really paying for? Like, is it really worth taking one of these guys so you can get Kevin Na or Patrick Great Reed? Point. To me, the answer is no. Uh, Nick Taylor is the minimum on FanDuel. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't. You, you should look to that uh, pending everything checks out. I'll take a look at that for tomorrow night. Did I see the four putt lower in his teammate had? No, but I was at my parents and they always say someone I've never heard of is winning the golf or, or is up there. And I, I'm always thinking like, well, I've heard of them. And then they rattled off that team. And I was like, well, I never heard of these guys either. So <laughs> that there are some dudes and I'm not sure I want to chase that. I would yeah. rather go to someone like Jason Duffner. Yes. He's 6,400. The ball striking numbers are fine. The putter is broken. That's what holds him back. But another guy that in alt field events in talent level gaps like this, he can more than hold his own, and he's at a very appealing price tag. Scott just said, love Nick Taylor. You, you do not love Nick Taylor. You can tolerate Nick Taylor <laughs> is the right way of putting that. I love him at that price, man. That That's a ridiculous price. Yeah. I, Why is he the min? What, what, what's going I don't on know. there? That's weird. That's the, a little like, weird. But you just, know who the min is here? Santiago de la Fuente. Okay. Well, I'll take Nick Taylor. You, you can have... That guy. That is a um, Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2009 creative player. That is an actual creative player. And there's a, there's a lot of creative players at the bottom here. You've got uh, Grayson Murray. Oh, no. Tur is he really 6,100? He's the type of player if you create him, oh, no. you delete, and then you make a new player in the game. But yeah, uh, Turk Pettit is here. We've got shout out to Armando Favela. I, I, I strongly would suggest not playing any of these guys. I'm sure some of them have immense talent. I just don't know how you would know who's who. And I don't think you need to dip sub 64. I don't see myself going below Duffner. 
if you had to play a golfer under yes. 64 under Duffner, because again, I, okay. I totally agree that Duffner at 6,400 sticks out. Give me the one guy that you would be willing to roster. If I said you had to build a team with somebody 63 and down. Okay. So we're going to look here. All these guys would be minuscule owned. So you're taking best available. You're not worried about anything like mm. that. My answer is weird, but it's, it makes sense to me. I think my answer would be Jonathan Bird. We have the exact same answer. I literally have him clicked. I'm not yeah. even lying. Jonathan Bird is the guy, t- a top 10 at Pebble Beach. He just makes sense as somebody that, yeah, he has the greatest walk-off in PGA Tour history. Hard to, hard to beat a hole-in-one in a playoff. And he's still out there grinding. He was about to quit, and then he told his kids that, like, he just, well, how can I tell my kids to chase their dreams if I don't continue to keep grinding? And so he's playing Monday cues. He's out there doing the thing. But there's been some spikes of some good game. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm okay clicking on his name in like what of 150. Why not? Yeah, again, if you are in a jam, that's where I would go. I'm going to try to avoid that type of situation because I, I just don't see it. And as we move to kind of wrapping it up in final thoughts, I'm even clicking like Rom and Finau. You still probably wouldn't have to dip that low. You could pepper the upper sixes and the mm-hmm. lower sevens. And that's if you started with the two most expensive players. So with your lineups, I mean, do you see yourself trying to avoid the sixes? Maybe just one guy down there. What are your, what are your macro thoughts? Yeah, I'm probably only going to try to go to one of them. I talked about uh, the barn rat. I talked about uh, Peter Malnati. I brought up at the beginning of the show, Adam Shank. I think a lot of people might actually fall on Vincent Whaley's decent enough. 6,800. There's guys like this that exist where you can land on some decent enough players. Luke Donald, I don't feel as great about as I'm even just talking through it. I, I might land on like one of the, it, it's like a safety valve down there where if I have to click on one of them, I'm okay with it. I probably will click on a share too. Yes. Mike, Mike Campbell. I will play a little bit of Grayson Murray, not even 5% though. I, I swear to God, that guy, I, I You're can't. playing Grayson Murray. Really? I'll, I'll play a share or two. Why not? I mean, I elite hate my score. Elite yeah, that's what I'm getting at. But I, I have to play a share or two. I mean, there's so many times where out of the middle of nowhere, maybe it was like 2019 or something of that regard. Let me find it. There was like a streak where he was just near the men and he just went on a ride. Yeah, those and were it was the days. Fun. He had a hole in one in there at Travelers, I believe. Yes. I was a print fest. That was when Lahiri oh. shot 64 on Friday. As uh, you've won all the money. I was in Boulder, Colorado for that. Uh, those were good times. Anyway, nobody really cares about that, but it's all true. Um, yeah, I was going to fact check it afterwards. It's fine. Yeah, some of that's true. Some of it's probably wildly inaccurate, but some, okay. some of what I just said is true. What are the couple things? Because again, me and Jason Rosalind tomorrow night, we're going to be breaking down the weather. We're going to be talking about the, the new tools that we have on the site. And again, if you want to sign up, awesome.com slash join, even if it's just for the week, we would love to have you. But what are your kind of outstanding questions as we sign off in a couple minutes that you're going to break down between now and the first day? Uh, well, one, I, 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 it's not even a question. I mean, it's just, well, what are, what are the weather draws? I mean, we can, we got to figure that out and see if there's anything to mine out of there Two, see what happens to John Rahm's ownership, because if he gets up near 50%, the easiest way to get different is just not have John Rahm in a lineup, but I'm not going to be full fading him. I already said, I, I think a little bit under 41%, or 42% that we have right now is kind of where I'm standing on that. But three really is just looking at that nine and eight K range and really figuring out where the chalk's going to go. And if there are some really feasible pivots, I think the nine K range, you're going to get a lot of concentrated ownership on Aaron wise. You're going to get a lot of concentrated ownership on Chris Kirk, figuring out what you're going to do in lineups where you want to have them or lineups where you don't. And most of them, I'm not going to be ending up landing on them. I've played a lot of Aaron wise in, However long I'm going to have a little bit, but for the most part, I'm going to be very specific about the way I go about building my three max where there's only going to be like one or two really off the board type guys, but it's so easy to take out wise and click in champ and you're just completely different. Now I'm just saying that as like an example. I don't know if that's going to be something, but I know that champ and Todd with 2.6%, 4.1% of ownership in our tools. Those are guys that I just want to have involved because of the massive leverage that exists there what's really different between them and Kevin Streelman and Matt Jones and these other guys that are double digit owned. I don't see a lot. So I'm having a lot of fun just playing the ownership game. 
going to be that type of week. There's no doubt about it. And that's why it's so important to lean on these tools. Hopefully check out the shows as well. If you have any questions at Eric Lindquist at jazz Raz DFS, give us a follow, give us a shout little break here on the channel, but of course, MLB live before lock the NBA deeper dive NBA live before lock with some post lock. I believe you, Mr. Ehrenberg will be hanging out, sweating those games tonight. Mm-hmm. It's going to be um, great. Uh, go Miami, right? Is that what I'm yes. cheering for for you? Yeah, I, I did Miami. that. The heat. Uh, Were you able to react things. to the Levine news? I wasn't able to get anything on it. I don't even know. I have been uh, just shows where I'm at. I didn't even know there was Levine news. He's out. Health and safety Good. protocols. I have Milwaukee minus two and a half games in that <laughs> series. And I'm, I was sweating it out because I didn't think they'd be dropping one in Milwaukee, obviously. But there you have it for me, for Eric, for Tyler, behind the glass, friends. Fun show as always. We hope to see you tomorrow night. We're going to bounce on out here. But again, stay tuned for all the upcoming content. Good luck. Enjoy the Mexico Open. We will talk to you guys soon. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions. And it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.